Oh, I hear some goods. That's good. Well, I don't want to ruin your day, but I have a project this morning. We're going to do a pop quiz. Yay! Good! You're excited! So Mr. Nathaniel's going to come, and he's going to distribute a pop quiz. And guess what? It has to do with geography. You know, they used to call this Sunday school. School! We have pop quizzes in school, don't we? For a long time, we've called it Bible Hour, but today it's Sunday school. Now, don't feel bad if you don't know all of the answers, but here's the project. You see up here an outline map, and that might be hard to see a little bit, but when you see it here, you get a bigger picture of it. And so this is of the Middle East, and what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to write the corresponding letter with the nation mentioned on where it goes on the map. So here, I'm going to give you the first one. You ready? There's the A. All right? Now you all might say, why'd you give us the easiest one? I knew you'd say that. Yes, I'm giving you the easiest one. So here you can kind of see where you're at in this big picture. And so I want you to write the letter. Right now, take out a pen. And actually, Nathaniel, could you go grab us a stack of pens just in case there's some people who don't have pens and pass those around here um, so we can make sure everybody can get this done because I, wanna, I want you to do it and then I want you to be able to um, correct your own answers. All right? Does that sound like a plan? So what you're going to do is you're going to take a pen or a pencil, and you're going to mark the letter of the corresponding nation on the map. And the main reason I want you to do this is I want to get an idea of how well you guys know these places, because so often I refer to these places, and I just assume that you all know where they're at. And um, I kind of want to get a better idea of where you all are at. So um, take oh, just a few moments here to fill that in, and um, I'm going to sit down and do the same thing. I'm going to give you a few more hints if you want to look up at the screen. This is an outline map, so it's sometimes hard to see what's going on. You know, the pinkish colors here, that's water. So this is water, this is water, this is water, this is water, this is water. All right? Does that help? Right here, this is, this is called the Nile River. And right there is the Nile Delta. Does that help you? And over here, we see the river Euphrates, the Euphrates River. So we have the Mediterranean Sea here. We have the Red Sea down here. We have the Euphrates River here. 
and we have the Nile here. Does that help you? I should be a little bit more, and you see the little spot. That's supposed to be the Dead Sea right here, and that's the Jordan River, that little swiggly line. Then the Sea of Galilee would be at the top of that little swiggly line. All right, so... We're going to go through them, and this is what I'd like for you to do. Is I'd like you to help me, and I'd like you to correct your own papers. Um, but if you got it right, could you down below where the letter is, circle the letter you got right? Um, because I'd like to get a feel for how people are at here. The goal of this paper is not actually to quiz you all. It's to help me have a better understanding of your general knowledge perspective of the geography because this will help me to know how I can teach better all right so this is really just just for me to know how I can teach better and if you get them all wrong don't be discouraged or frustrated because I never told you we we're going to have a pop quiz this isn't about trying to get it all for this pop quiz it's really just to help me know how much I need to be pointing at maps or explaining the difference in relationship of nations so that you can understand it okay now, I'll give you another hint. Do you see how the screen is zoomed in? All of the nations fit in what the screen is zoomed in. In fact, we could zoom in more, and all of the nations listed would still fit. So I've given you a bigger picture than you really need for what we're actually listing. We ready to go for the answers? So if you got it right, circle it down in the list below. And um, if you got it wrong, just write the letter in up above where it goes, okay? Because I'm going to get these, and then I'm going to give them back to you, all right? So if you got it right, circle the letter down in the list. And if you got it wrong, just write it on there so you know where it's at next time, all right? So we've got Judah, right? Judah is right there near the Sea of Galilee, that, or not the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea. And we have B, which is right above it. Israel or the northern kingdom, or Ephraim, all names given to this nation. The northern kingdom, Israel, or Ephraim. Judah is also sometimes referred to as the southern kingdom. So there is B. Now C is Edom, and Edom is right there. So it's near the bottom of the Dead Sea, um, and it's that region at the bottom of the Dead Sea, and to the east of the Dead Sea. So that's where Edom is at. Now I gave you a little trick here because the next one above Edom is actually Moab, but we skipped to Ammon. So D is Ammon. And Ammon is on the other side of the Jordan River north of the Dead Sea. That's where Ammon is. And we all know that the Ammonites are descendants from Ammon, and the Moabites are the descendants of Moab, two brothers, and their kingdoms are side by side. So it's, it's actually, uh, if, you looked at the, if you looked at this map here, and you have the, sea, the Salt Sea or the Dead Sea, we have Edom at the bottom, and then comes Moab, and then comes Ammon, all right? And then, I'll go throw you in a bonus here, Above that is where we have the region called Gilead. Gilead was a part of the tribes that were on the other side of the Jordan River and Bashan and so forth, but now I'm getting more detail than you need in what's on the quiz. Uh, so here we have those three kingdoms, Edom, Moab, and Ammon. And then that brings us to F, Egypt. And I told you one of the names of the rivers up here. Which river is in Egypt? The Nile River, all right? So you got the F, oh, oh, we got the F right there down in the Nile region. And that's actually more than just, I mean, that's a region that encompasses quite a bit here. Um, so that's Egypt. And then we have Syria. Syria is up in this region. It's, it's northeast of Israel and Judah. It's northeast of Ammon and Moab and Edom. It's, it's up there in the northeast, but it's not far, far away. It's the neighboring kingdom. It's the neighboring kingdom to Israel. They share a border. They share a border with Ammon. 
So Syria shares a border with um, Ammon and Israel. And then we have H there is Assyria. Notice they're different. We have Syria and Assyria. Assyria is up in this region. And I'll show you in a little while another map of Assyria. Because with all of these kingdoms, their borders didn't stay the same all the time. They grew and they shrunk. And they, they changed a little bit. But this is the general perspective. Just to give you a heads up, by the end of our lesson today, Assyria, the H, encompasses all of these kingdoms but Judah. And even troubles Judah. All right? So that's part of the reason why we're going through this exercise here this morning. So there is Assyria. And then the last one is Babylon. And Babylon's the I. They're down by the Euphrates River. And again, Assyria... For this beginning, it was just a little kingdom up here, and then it grew, and 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 it was actually huge. It encompassed Egypt, and it encompassed Babylon, which at this time was, in this time in history, Babylon's a really, 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 really small nation, not very powerful. So right now in the history of Uzziah and Ahaz and um, these, these kings and these prophets and Pekah, Assyria is the big kingdom. Assyria is the big empire that's becoming greater and greater and greater. And everybody thinks of Assyria. Um, and so that's what we have here in all of this process. So did you get it? I'm curious. How many of you got more than, more than three right? Oh, good. Good, good, good. Good. Work on the others. I'd like to see these. So actually, Nathaniel, could you come to the center and collect them? And could you pass them to the center aisle? I'd like, be sure to circle the ones you got right, because I'd like to see what you got right. And, um, and then, so that helps me to know. And then I'm going to give them back to you um, later today or next week, so that we can, so that you can learn these and understand them and be better. Because these basic, A, B, A through I, these nations are pretty basic kingdoms that you hear about all through the Bible. Um, later on, we hear about Rome. But Rome, it, Rome just encompasses them all. And even in the days of Rome, these kingdoms still had positions um, and had influence. Like, you ever hear of Herod, King Herod, all of the Herods? You do know that they were Edomite kings. Do you know that? All the Herods were Edomite kings that were puppets of the Roman emperors that they had set up in this region. And so later on when we hear about the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire, these were so big that these kingdoms still in some ways still existed in, in the Greek Empire and in the Roman Empire to some degree. Um, but there, this, is right at the, this is right at the change we're, we're right at the change. These kingdoms have existed pretty much in this state, besides the separation of Judah and Israel, the southern and the northern kingdom. These have been here pretty much since the days of Moses, Joshua. Um, and there's a few others that we could throw in here this, the, that are city-states, and um, as well as the Philistines. Um, so this is, this is a really important piece of where these are all at. And just to give you another picture, we'll skip ahead here. I didn't plan to do this until later. But um, looking at this map, here we can see, here you see the Nile Delta down here, the Mediterranean Sea. We have Jerusalem, the purple star here. And again here you see we've got Ammon and Moab, Edom down here. There's Damascus, that's the capital of Syria. And some of these, these city-states, Zion was a city-state. Tyre was a city-state. Powerful cities that influenced the whole region around them. And uh, you'll see these different colors here. And you notice around Jerusalem here, Judah, this region here, and it's described in this map as a free zone. Well, if we zoom out on this map, you got where you're at? You see the Dead Sea? It's pretty small in this picture, right? This, and the Jordan River and the Sea of Galilee, and it goes on up. If we zoom out, this is the Assyrian Empire as it grew. And this, I've got this back on the table or the welcome center. This comes from the New Moody Bible Atlas, and you can see it there in detail for yourself. You can, you're welcome to snap a picture of it with your phone. Where you can see as the Assyrian Empire began, here is this little purple space, and you can see in each color it grew and 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 it grew. And it, grew. <laughs> it grew to be really big. 
Um, and you notice again that Judah down there is marked as a free zone. Now, when we learn about what we learn about today, you're going to go, it doesn't sound like Judah was the free zone. Well, when we keep learning the history, you'll find out why Judah was a free zone. But this is the Assyrian Empire. So when we learn today about Assyria, and when you read about Assyria, and you read about these different kingdoms, this is, Assyria is this monster empire that's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger on the forefront when Isaiah came in and spoke to Ahaz and so forth. And he actually talks about Assyria, and this is their kingdom. And we're right in the middle of this growing, 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 and becoming a greater threat and power in the region and terrifying all of these kingdoms around. And um, it's, it's very, very, very interesting. And so this is, this is kind of the background of what's going on as we are here in our Bible. So take your Bibles and turn with me, actually, to Isaiah. Isaiah. And is, is his majesty King Ahaz here? Is King Ahaz here? Yeah, I see you back there. Come on up here, Ahaz. I'm going to play Isaiah again. Isaiah's the prophet. You really want to play Isaiah, don't you? But no, you're going to play Ahaz again. We're going we're gonna to review here. Your majesty, Ahaz. Come on over here. You there in Isaiah 7? Isaiah 7, we are informed that um, the head of Ephraim, here Ephraim is another name for Israel, is Samaria. Samaria is the capital city. And the head of Samaria is Remaliah's son. And who's Remaliah's son? Pekah. Now, who was Pekah last week? Owen, were you Pekah last week? Come on up here. You're Pekah. Yes, and Isaiah referred to you as a what? A smoking firebrand. Not a very pretty name, huh? Well, that's because you think you're hot stuff. Everybody else thinks you're hot stuff, but God really knows that he's on his way out. Just like this stick was once hot and on fire, when it got pulled out of the fire, it was just a smoking firebrand, and within a very short time, was going to be nothing scary. But right now, he's scary to you. And you had a friend. Do you remember what your friend's name was? Risen. Who played Risen last week? Who was Risen? I forget. Who was your helper last week? Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Come, come. Risen. So now you know which kingdom you're from, right? You're from the northern kingdom. And, and you are from Syria, right? And your capital city is Damascus, all right? And you too are exactly what God said here through Isaiah. You're a smoking fire brand. Again, these guys, not scary. Now, I want to remind you at the end of this verse, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 9, what did God say through Isaiah the prophet to Ahaz? Do you guys remember? God said, you're not going to prosper. You guys aren't going to prosper. But what was it? If ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. So will Ahaz believe? Well, I keep telling you that he keeps singing the song of Tiglath-Pilaser. And who's Tiglath-Pilaser? Ah, he's the Assyrian king. So here now we have Judah, Israel, Syria, and Assyria. Who, who was my Tiglath-Pilaser? Who was the guy last time that wore this hat? Was that Paul, wasn't it? Paul's not here, though. Or was there somebody else that I missed? Nathan, can you fill in for Paul? We got Tiglath Plaster. So here now we've got the Assyrian king. And now you guys know where these guys all are. Turn around. Now you guys know where all these kingdoms are from. Now see, I give this guy the military hat because uh, remember that map? You're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and greater. Several different kings. Assyrian kings have, have grown the empire. And Tiglath Plaster is one of the great ones. Now, remember what happened last week. God told him, if he will not believe, he will not be established. But he also said, you will not prosper. But yet, in spite of the two of you being said, you will not prosper. You came down into Judah and you carried away captives to Damascus. Remember that? We never hear from those captives again. So, you don't disappear 
from the narrative. But you want to take a seat here? Because you just kind of disappear for a little while. Then we have Pekah. What did he do? He came down to Judah and he took away captives too. Does anybody remember how many? 200,000 captives. That sounds like prospering. But it wasn't. He did not gain victory over Judah. And in fact, when you and your army got back with 200,000 captives, five guys told you, not happening. Didn't they? They said, take those captives back home. And that's what happened. So the captives that went away to Damascus, we never hear from again. 200,000 of the captives that Pekah took captive, five men, courageous, bold men, under the, under the leadership of Oded, the prophet, turned them around and sent those captives back to their homes. And so here, you're all done, right? So you go ahead and just sit down for a little while. But just so you guys know, you're not done. Because there's another king. Oh my, another king? Well, do you all have your harmonies? Because these, the history of Ahaz is, is really interesting because we need it in Isaiah and we need it in 2 Chronicles and we need it in 2 Kings. And in 2 Kings, it's not listed all in order. It's, it's, they're mixed up and different things are going on at the same time. Well, so there's a new problem because, um, you know, you did something else. If we were to look at this map here, see, Damascus is up here. And Jerusalem is down here. And the southernmost city of Judah is way down here on the Red Sea. Way down here. Well, you know what the king of Damascus did? He gained and extended his power and he ended up capturing this port city. So now the king of Damascus not only has regions up here coming with Tyre and Sidon, but he also now owns the port city down here major city everybody wants, belonging originally to Judah in the days of Solomon and continuing, but now he's got it. And there's some other kingdoms here going on in order for him to have done that. And so Ahaz, he decides to send messengers to someone. So the Lord has already told you, trust the Lord, trust the Lord, trust the Lord. But you know what he does? He sends messengers. Who wants to be his messenger? Elijah, come here. He sends a messenger to Tiglath Pileser. Because instead of believing the Lord that these two guys are just smoking, smoking firebrands, he sends a messenger to Tiglath Pileser. So you come to Tiglath Pileser. And it tells us in 2 Kings, so we're in 2 Kings chapter 16, that Ahaz sent messengers to Tiglath Pileser, king of Assyria, saying, I am thy servant and thy son. Come up and save me out of the hand of Syria and out of the hand of the king of Israel, which rise up against me. So what are you going to do? Are you going to help him? Well, in order to sweeten the deal. Do you know what Ahaz did? Ahaz took the silver and the gold that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house and sent it for a present to the king of Assyria. He gave him a gift. Lots of gold, lots of silver. From the treasury of the Lord, he sends it to Tigmat Pilaser. Now there's a lot of different events going on here and a lot of different campaigns and there's nuances of the campaigns going on here and here and, and it's like, well, all this trouble. I, I wonder. It's not real clear. Did the whole situation with the captives being returned, did that happen before or after this? It's very likely that it happened after this. Now, wait a minute, King Ahaz. You've already been given some news about the kings of Assyria, haven't you? Do you all remember it? You're looking at me like you don't remember it. You have your hands back in Isaiah again? Put your finger over in Isaiah? Flip, flip back over to the prophet Isaiah. Because Isaiah has already talked about the kings of Assyria. And if you look here, in Isaiah chapter 10, Isaiah speaks, giving the words of the Lord. And the Lord knows, King Ahaz, your salvation, your song is not in the Lord. It's in who? Tiglath-Pilaser. And the Lord knows that. And so the Lord says to King Ahaz, O Assyrian, 
you're not the Assyrian. So who's the Assyrian? Oh, Assyrian! Oh, God's talking to Ahaz, and he's talking to Ahaz as he's talking to the Assyrian. Tiglath-Plasser and all the kings of Assyria. He says, oh, Assyrian, the rod of mine anger. Did you hear that, Ahaz? God just now said that you're not the rod of his anger. Tiglath-Pilasaurus. He holds the rod of God's anger. Do you see it? Oh, Assyrian, the rod of mine anger and the staff in their hand, God says to Ahaz, is mine indignation. Now, assuming God said nothing more, your majesty, why would you still trust in him? Why would you still sing him as your salvation? God has said that he holds the rod of his wrath. He holds the rod of his indignation. You know what that means? That means that God is going to use Tiglath-Pilasar, this O-Assyrian, and not just Tiglath-Pilasar, because there's some other kings. If you look at that map, you'll see them. Other kings, Assyrians, whom God says he's going to use. Well, look at verse 6. I will send him against an hypocritical nation. And against the people of my wrath will I give him a charge to take the spoil and to take the prey and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. God's going to use the Assyrian to punish a hypocritical nation. Now, you don't actually strike me as a hypocritical nation because you just are blatant, blatant evil. Isn't, isn't, isn't King Ahaz just blatantly evil? But you know, he actually acts like he's still righteous and good over and over. We're going to actually find more about that today where he, he acts like he really worships Jehovah, but he doesn't. And so God's telling him, oh, I've got an Assyrian and he holds the rod of my wrath. He'll tread the hypocritical nation down. He'll take prey. He'll take spoil. But look what it says in verse 7. Now catch this. Howbeit, he meaneth not so, neither doth his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and cut off nations, not a few. So here God's telling Ahaz, look at the Assyrian. He is... He's the one who is the rod of mine anger and the staff of mine indignation is in his hand. But that's not what he thinks. You know what you think? It's me. It's all about me. See my kingdom? My people have made it bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're thinking, I'm going to do the same. And he doesn't recognize that he is actually the instrument of God and bringing judgment upon Judah. For he says, I will destroy and cut off nations, not a few. For he saith, are not my princes altogether kings? You see, in Assyria, if you look up there closely on the map, you can look at it afterwards in the back, you'll see Assyria has several different starred cities because their princes are like kings. They're all powerful. There's all kinds of them. And they're great. And then he goes on and he starts to describe some different cities that he's going to crush where Assyria has already crushed. For he says, is not Kalano as Carchemish? That's a famous battle. And is not Hamath as Arpad? And is not Samaria as Damascus? Samaria is Damascus. You know what he's describing? The Lord is actually telling you what he's saying, if not out loud in his heart, of what he's going to do to all these kingdoms. He's going to crush them. And this he and man, he says, he says, as my hand hath found the kingdoms of the idols in whose graven engines did excel them of Jerusalem and Samaria, shall I not, as I have done unto Samaria and her idols, so do to Jerusalem and her idols? Now, it's interesting that God's quoting here now as the Assyrian saying this. This is a boast of an Assyrian king saying, I'm going to crush all their idols and their gods. I have some news for you. 
from the Assyrians' perspective, you're just a worshiper of Moloch. He's just a worshiper of Moloch. Tiglath Blasser doesn't even realize that Jehovah has anything to do with Ahaz. <laughs> He's going to treat them, and his gods are better. And oh, did you guys catch your hometowns here? Damascus, that's your hometown. You hear what he just now said? Samaria, that's your hometown. Verse 12, Isaiah speaks the word of the Lord to Ahaz, saying, Wherefore, it shall come to pass that when the Lord hath performed his whole work upon Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, I will punish the fruit of the stout heart of the king of Assyria and the glory of his high looks. Wow! Here now, this, oh, Assyrian is the instrument of God's wrath and indignation against you and you and you and your kingdoms. And God says, when I've performed all of that, this one here will be judged. The Assyrian, oh, Assyrian, will be judged. And he says, why? Why? For the glory of his high looks. See, he's not doing this in any way because he's executing righteousness or judgment. He's doing this in his own glory. And it says in verse 13 what you say. Now, whether or not you say this out loud or you say this in your heart, it wouldn't surprise me if he said it both. And not just you, all the kings of Assyria. Notice it doesn't specifically say Tiglath Blaster because there's a few of you of O Assyrians, kings. The Assyrian says, By the strength of my hand have I done it, and by my wisdom, for I am prudent, and I have removed the bounds of the people and robbed their treasuries, and I have put down the inhabitants like a valiant man, and my hand hath found as a nest the riches of the people, and as one gathereth eggs that are left, have I gathered all the earth. And there was none that moved the wing or opened the mouth or peeped. So the Assyrian says, I'm going to do it. And it's all my glory and all my power. And Isaiah is telling you all of this. Telling Ahaz, your majesty, this is is what's going to happen. They're going to be cut short. Assyria is going to be judged. Will you believe? And be established. Will Ahaz believe and be established? For guide goes on and now makes an illustration of this, this Assyrian. Verse 15, he says, Shall the axe boast itself against him that heweth therewith? Tell me, have you ever chopped down a tree? And when you finish chopping down the tree, have you ever used a hatchet or an axe? Yeah. When you chop down the, axe, the tree, did, did, the, did you use a hatchet or an axe or did you use a machete or something? You used an axe. When you chop down the tree with your axe, did the axe start talking and saying, hey, look how good I am. I just chopped down this tree. How many of your chainsaws have ever talked back? Your axe. Well, God says, shall the axe boast itself against him that heweth therewith? No. The guy who's using the axe sometimes doesn't even bother to clean it. Just puts it down. I cut down that tree. How many of you ever cut down a tree and said, hey, I've got this awesome axe that cut down the tree? You ought to see my awesome. Now, sometimes we do boast about some of our tools, don't we, Lincoln? We do boast sometimes about some of our tools. But most of the time, it's just a tool, and it's, look what we did. And so Ahaz is being told of what the Assyrian will do. He's going to boast about himself, about himself, about his glory, and what he's going to do. And God says, this is the axe. Assyria is like my rod, my tool. Does he boast against him that he with therewith? Or shall the saw magnify itself against him that shaketh it? Now, we don't imagine that too much nowadays because we have big powered saws, right? But imagine the saw where you're shaking it like this, trying to cut. Shall the saw magnify itself against him that shaketh it? As if the rod should shake itself against him that lifteth it up, or as if the staff should lift itself up as if it were no wood. Tell me, is this all by itself scary? Can this do anything all by itself? No. This staff has power when? When it's in the hand of a mighty warrior. Then it becomes scary, doesn't it? And God says, Assyria is like the staff. But no, he thinks, 
He's hot stuff. And so look what it says in verse 16. God tells you, Therefore shall the Lord, the Lord of hosts, send among his fat one leanness, and under his glory he shall kindle a burning like the burning of a fire. And the light of Israel shall be for a fire, and his holy one for a flame. And it shall burn and devour his thorns and his briars in one day, and shall consume the glory of his forest and of his fruitful field, both soul and body, and they shall be as when a standard bearer fainteth. And the rest of the trees of his forest shall be few, that a child may write them. You ever heard of a child being proud they can count to a hundred? Ah, yes, I can count to 100. I'll bet you some of you adults forget how high you can count. When was the last time you adults tried to see how high you could count? I can remember one time when I was a kid, and I was so proud of myself, when one day I had nothing to do, and I sat outside and I watched the clouds, and I counted to 1,000. I was so excited I could count to 1,000. Children can't count very high, although sometimes they count higher than us, right? At least they try it. Well, here now what God's saying, you think you're so great, you think you're so almighty, look at this kingdom, big, 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 You're going to be burned, you're going to be cut down to all your trees, your people. A child will be able to count. Don't need advanced computers. A child will be able to count. So, your majesty, Ahas, you know this. In fact, the prophecy keeps on going on and talks about the judgment of, of, of Judah. And, and we, we do have time, but we don't have time to go into this. This whole message sermon day has is amazing because God now just assumes, by the way, that you're going to carry into captive. God, God, God knows that you're hard-headed. God knows he's a fool. Even though he's warning him and he's warning him and he's saying, if you don't believe, you will not be established. And so this is the background. Now flash back with me here. Isaiah is not in the picture. This sermon has already been preached. And what does Ahaz do? Ahaz is afraid of these two guys, which God said in his sermon, they're going to be cut off in less than a generation. And oh, by the way, I'm going to use Ahaz to punish them and to punish Judah. And so what's Ahaz do? Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get that Assyrian and I'm going to make the Assyrian my rod. He rejects the idea that the Assyrian is God's rod, God's rod that's going to judge him. And instead he's like, I'll outdo God. I'm going to pay him off. God thinks that this guy is the rod of his wrath and indignation against me. Oh, God's got something he needs to learn. God needs to learn that I can use his money from his temple, his gold, his silver to hire Tiglath Placer to be my salvation. Because these two smoking firebrands are just so scary. So I'm going to hire the greatest, greatest, powerfulest king, Tiglath Placer. So tell me, Tiglath Placer. Are you going to take the deal? You don't know, do you? Well, where's our harmony? If you're looking here, this guy is hired in 2 Kings chapter 16. And he's been given all these treasures and sent for a present to the king of Assyrian. And in 2 Kings 16 verse 9, it says that the king of Assyria hearkened unto him, for the king of Assyria went up against Damascus. Hey, that's you. You're Damascus. Why don't you go on up there, Mr. Smoking Firebrand? The king of Damascus. And you know what he does? He takes you. you don't kill him, but he dies. You die. Hey, it worked! Yes! Yes! 
just like, it worked, it worked, it worked, it worked, it worked. For the king of Assyria hearkened unto him, and the king of Assyria went up against Damascus and took it and carried the people of it captive to Kerr and slew Risen. Risen is dead. Do you see how why we need 2 Kings and Isaiah to all understand? Risen was the, the smoky firebrand that he was so terrified of. Now, the Assyrian has killed him. Being the rod of God's indignation. But oh no, he doesn't think that. He's like, ha, there's another kingdom down. Assyria is now ours. Bigger, 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 greater, greater, greater. Now it's interesting because again, the Hebrews don't record everything in chronological order. So we actually need to bounce back to 2 Kings chapter 15 to learn about something else tiglath Pileser did. In 2 Kings chapter 15, in verse 27, it says that in the days of Pekah, here's Pekah, king of Israel. Remember, he's the smoking firebrand, the other one. It says, came Tiglath-Pileser, king of Assyria, and took Ijon and Abel-Mekalah and Jehada and Kadesh and Hazar and Gilead and Galilee and all the land of Naphtiphthi and carried them captive to Assyria. You just named all the major popular cities of Israel, your kingdom. And he's carried you all the way captive. Now, by the way, just to let, remind you all, some of you know your Bibles, this is not the ultimate Assyrian conquest of 722 B.C. or 721 B.C. by Sennacherib. This is Tiglath-Pileser. This is a king earlier than Sennacherib carrying away captives. But somehow you got away from him. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Who would like to be um, Hoshea? Anybody want to be Hoshea? Hoshea? Come on up, come on up here, come on up here. You know you who you are? You're, you're Hoshea. And you're the son of Ella. And then all of this happened, you know what you do? You make a conspiracy. Do you know what a conspiracy is? It's a secret plan. It's a secret plan to remove somebody big. So you know what he does? He plots. He conspires against you. That's what you do. You conspire against him. And you know what you do? You assassinate him. Do you know what that means? You don't know what it means to assassinate someone? You kill the king. You want to kill him? Yeah, okay, so kill him. So Hoshea, the son of Elah, made a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, and smoked him and slew him. And guess what you do? Go get his crown and put it on. Yes, he reigned in his stead in the twelfth year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. And the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, behold, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel. Huh. Boy, take that plastic keeps causing trouble. No wonder why you like him. Your gold, your silver, it worked, it worked, it worked, it worked. He's like, yes, it worked, it worked. Or did it? Ah, so you know what Ahaz does? Ahaz, he went to Damascus. <laughs> hey, you down there. You were the king of Damascus, weren't you? That's, you took care of him. So you guys are going to come have a party. So Ahab, He comes. He comes up to Damascus. That's up through Israel, all the way up to Damascus. That's like his enemy city. And, and he comes up there to the king of Assyria. And he gets there, and you know what? Oh, my. Oh, there's this altar. It's just amazing. To the Assyrian gods. So you know what he does? He's visiting with Tiglath-Pileser. And while he's visiting in Samaria with Tiglath-Pileser, he sees an altar to one of the pagan gods of the Syrians. And he's like, oh, that's so beautiful. I need it in my collection in Jerusalem. And so he takes pictures of it, and he measures it. Well, he didn't have a camera to take pictures of it, but, you know, and he didn't have an iPhone to text them. But he, he's got a special priest down in Jerusalem. And so here he sees this, and he sees this. Well, let's see what it says here. He says, he says that he, he sees this altar, and, and, the, and he sent 
to Urijah, the priest down in Jerusalem, the fashion of the altar and the pattern of it, according to all the workmanship of it. So apparently he took the measurements of it and the dimensions of it and, and drew drawings of what it looked like, and he sent all these plans down to his priest in Jerusalem. And so, while you guys are having this yah, rah, rah, we won, camp party up here, down in Jerusalem, they're making you an altar so that when you get back, you can worship the Syrian gods along with Moloch and all the other gods you've been worshiping, including Balaam. So that's what happens. So the priest made it so that when Ahaz came down from Jerusalem. And verse 12, and when the king was come down from Jerusalem, the king saw the altar, that beautiful Syrian pagan altar. He saw it. And the king approached to the altar and he offered thereon and he burnt his burnt offerings and his meat offerings and poured his drink offerings and sprinkled the blood of the peace offerings upon the altar. And the rest of this chapter is really, really sad because what he basically does is he totally converts the temple into a pagan pantheon of idolatry as he removes the brazen altar, puts his nice fancy decorative Syrian god's idol altar, and he moves the brazen altar over, and he kind of tears it apart. And all that brazen laver with a big C on top of it, you know, those oxen that carried the big C that was right inside the temple of the thing. Ah, that's outdated. That's not done fit into your worship center. So he disassembles it. He tears it apart. He knocks it down. And then he just takes the big bowl, and he just sets it right on the pavement. He dismantles the temple of Jehovah. But, you know, he doesn't get rid of the brazen altar, the real altar of the Lord. He doesn't get rid of it. You know why he doesn't get rid of it? He doesn't get rid of it because, quote, that he may inquire of it. So he's going to keep the real altar of Jehovah around so that he can treat it as a, 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 a relic. Is he really inquiring of the Lord or is he inquiring of demons? He's just adding to his religion and adding to his religion. Everything's okay now. It worked. Hey, you know what's really weird about it? Is he takes the Syrian. I mean, here he comes. You come up to meet with tiglath Pileser, Who has just killed Risen, the Syrian. And then he's like, oh, I like the Syrian gods too. So he adds the Syrian gods who just got defeated to his own system of idolatry. You know, sometimes we got to be careful we don't do that. Add to our own and make up our own religion. Even Christians do that in different ways. Not as bad maybe as Ahaz, but oh, we mustn't do this. Well, I know we're almost out of time, but I got to tell you a little bit more. You've got more trouble, Ahaz, because you're now chummy chummy with Tiglath Pilaser. Pekah's gone. Risen of Damascus, he's gone. Now you can relax. Um, did you hear about the Edomites? You all know who the Edomites are now, right? Remember your maps? That kingdom further south? Yeah, the Edomites are now invading your land. The Edomites are smiting Judah. They're carrying away captives. Oh, and there's another kingdom. The Philistines! They're coming too! Boy, everybody's attacking you. They invaded, the Philistines invaded the cities of the low country and of the south of Judah. They take these famous cities and those villages thereof, and it's listed there. And it tells us here that the Lord brought low Judah. Second Chronicles now, we're in Second Chronicles 28, verse 19. For the Lord brought Judah low because of you! You will not believe, you will not be established. And so now God is even bringing against you the Edomites and bringing against you the Philistines. More of your people are being carried away captive and cities are being destroyed. But if you look at the beginning here of 2 Chronicles 28, verse 16, it tells us that at that time did King Ahaz send unto the kings of Assyria to help him. Help us, help us, help us, help. You remember all that he did before, right? So help us, help us, help us. The Edomites are causing us trouble. The Philistines are causing us trouble. 
And so it tells us, 2 Chronicles 28, verse 20, that Tiglath-Pilaser, king of Assyria, came into him. Isn't this exciting? And distressed him, but strengthened him not. That's exactly what Isaiah told you would happen. Taylor Plasser comes to him when he is called for to help, but instead of helping him, he distresses him, he strengthens him not. And it says that he hired again, for Ahab took away a portion of the house of the Lord and out of the house of the king and of the princes and gave it to the king of the Syria. But he helped him not. So now finally, 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 Ahaz, you're going to listen to Isaiah. Truly now, Isaiah's sermon from Isaiah chapter 7 through 12 is going to come back and you're going to listen to him. Right? Oh, please, surely, surely he will. Isaiah, he's the great, 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 great prophet, right? He was called in Isaiah 6. God says, who will go for me? And Isaiah says, here am I, I'll go, send me. And God said he sent him to warn him. He says, here am I, send me. And God said to Isaiah, go and tell this people. Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. And you read Isaiah's message and you're like, wait a minute, he told him the total truth. He told him like, like plain, 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 plain. And he did. But it was as if the more that he preached, the more they closed their eyes, the more they shut it out. And Isaiah responded to the Lord and said, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate. And the Lord, Lord have removed men far away and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. Last verse is a promise of restoration. But now you've heard all of this. You've seen all of it. You've seen it. You've seen it. You've seen it. You've seen it. Surely Ahaz will do what is right, will he not? Surely, truly, truly, Ahaz will do what is right now. We'll come back to this next week. But I'll just read you 2 Chronicles 28, 22. And in the time of his distress, did he trespass yet more against the Lord? This is that king. Lord, help us not to be like Ahaz. Help us to believe your word and to trust in you. May we not make our own religions, our own ways of false worship, of false religion, but know you, believe you, trust you, not like Ahaz. May we be bold and courageous as Isaiah in speaking the truth and seeking you. May we humble ourselves just as Isaiah did in recognizing our own weakness and failures and allowing you to cleanse us and to purge us and allowing you to use us. Lord, I pray here this morning for each one who has not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who's not had their sins forgiven, who's not saved, that your spirit will work in their hearts, that today they would believe, receive forgiveness of sins and of hope, and for all of us who have already done that, may we go forward obeying you and every day believing and trusting you. We pray in Jesus' name.